Today on Call to the Booth, Akeem takes us behind the scenes for that Arizona Cardinals and Jacksonville Jaguars game. Also, what's good with the Kansas City Chiefs? What's good with the Pittsburgh Steelers? And of course, we have to talk about Tom Brady going back to New England. Ryan Rosillo joins us too. As Akeem would say, Paul, drop that beat. Harrison Sanford, Akeem Tlaib. This is Call to Blue on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're going to be joined by Ryan Lucillo of the Ryan Lucillo Pod just here in a moment. But first, before we talk about rookie quarterbacks and teams that we're worried about, the Chiefs, maybe the Steelers, I have to admit, Akeem, I feel a little embarrassed. Not just because I lost in fantasy football to you, Akeem's name, <laughs> uh, Dallas Daily Dollars. but Triple now I, D! I just, <laughs> I just feel like an ass <laughs> because... I made my team name, my cash app name, and ain't no money being, at this rate, ain't no money <laughs> being deposited uh, in my account. Hey, what is you? What is you? 0 oh, 3? I don't even know. I just, I, I got I got disenchanted after I forgot to pick up Alexander Madison and obviously Dalvin Cook went down. We could talk about that in our, in our, in our Friday show. But speaking of getting money, somebody who got some, I'm one and two, Paul lets me know. Uh, speaking of getting money, oh, Paul, by the way, whose team name is the Ball Toners. That's another story for another day. Uh, <laughs> speaking of getting money, <laughs> Jamal Agnew uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars in that game that you called in Florida. By the way, clean fit. You and Gus Johnson, 109-yard missed kick return Man. touchdown. Unbelievable play. Take us through sitting in the booth with Gus right before Ryan joins us. Uh, it was crazy. So, you know, they – Ran a player, whatever. They ain't get too many yards. We like, oh, they ain't get nothing. They might have to punt. So, boom, they start sending Prater out. We like, okay, they going to try. This before the half. They going to try. So, Gus, you know, he before the play. 68-yard field goals. NFL record. And then the camera kind of showed Agnew, and Gus ain't say nothing at first. So, I kind of tapped him like, Gus, like, say something about Agnew. Say something about Agnew because he had that tub last year and shit. He going to have a great op to return this. It's all O-Lyman out there. I kind of tapped Gus like, say something about it. He said, Jamal Agnew, back to return. He's going to try to say something about it real quick. Next thing you know, bro. <laughs> it was like from the moment he got it, boom. If you look on the field from where we was, you could see the whole wall set up. They set up a mean wall for him. They just ran a perfect executed field goal return, Harrison. And it was, it was a thing of beauty. Agnew broke one tackle. The rest was history, man. Uh, Gus put it. Gus put it in the record book. Yo, so I'm always I'm wondering. That's a, it was an amazing play, and obviously as you as you get more and more reps in that booth, are you are you kind of jumping to yourself? Like, are you putting your mic microphone on mute because you don't want to ruin the moment? But right. in my mind, as a football mind, I'm like, get it, get it. Oh, right. he's about to bust. It. Like, how do you contain? I mean, not just gotta be anything? quiet. Like, I just I just kind of be quiet, but I'm still like. It's like it's like that. You know what I'm saying? Just gotta you gotta just not say nothing. Gus going, he's still like, oh, he's still going. He broke a tackle. Like Gus can say his stuff. I just you just gotta be quiet. That's part of, you know, you just know that mic always hot. You just gotta be quiet on there, man. But we were super excited in the booth, man. That was a that was probably one of the most exciting plays I seen in person. Real shit. Ryan Lucillo is going to join us now. Ryan, did you get a chance to see that play? And, and, and overall, I'm assuming you've had a chance to listen to Gus and Akeem in the booth. Oh, and yeah. Welcome I to mean, the show. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, of course, you know, I've been checking you guys out all the time. 
um, just because it keeps so different and everybody likes him. Everybody that's done this for a living, like I have now for a long time. I mean, I even started doing minor league play by play. I like guys that do it differently, and, and that's what Akeem brings to the table. But it's also great instincts to point it out because as a play by play guy, like if you were on either of the special teams, you probably wouldn't be because they would not want to waste your time with that, Akeem. But I you know, played you, a little special teams yeah, a little bit. A you know, little bit. Dabbled but, in it a little bit. <laughs> having you as a gunner for 10 times a game seems a bit dangerous, although yeah. you, you would have been good at it. Um, just to notice that, though, is great. And then to also know that it's kind of the play-by-play guy's role there to do it. But, you know, the first thing I thought about was the kick six Alabama against Auburn because mm-hmm. you're right. Like, you start looking at who's out there to protect on the kick, and then you're like, now you got to cover a kick return, essentially. Like, the bodies don't really match up. And that's why in the kick six, when Auburn did it to Bama, which may have cost Bama another title throughout this ridiculous run, right? Saban is on the sideline screaming in his headset, I told you, I told you, I told you. And that was him (laughs) being like, granted, he's probably just mad because now they're not going to win a title. But I bet you Kingsbury never does it again because you just like, look, if we put out our old line to block on a kick, we don't have the right people in place to cover it. And if we're we're trying a 68-yarder here, we're putting ourselves in a really vulnerable spot. I bet Kingsbury never tries something like that again. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't. It's just, when he did it, I'm like, it's almost like you're punting with your field goal team out there, right? So, it's just it's just a, it's it's too scary. I mean, I, I, I like him putting his trust in Prater, you know what I'm saying? That's dropping your cojones, you know, putting your trust in Prater. Go hit it, because you know he can hit it. But at the same time, you got to be smart. One of the things that uh, Ryan does uh, while he while he does his podcast, he's very in tune with the NFL draft. So I want to talk about some rookie quarterbacks. Um, obviously, Akeem, you just saw Trevor Lawrence's past week. I'll let you comment first, and Ryan, if you could follow up. Uh, now that you've seen him up close, Akeem, give yeah. me some, uh, give me your perspective on what he has brought to the field so far, and where you think that Jaguars team can go with him under the helm. Well, I think the Jaguars is going to be just fine with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence at the helm, right? Just because they both leaders, they both winners. And talking through them throughout the week, man, they both were super confident. You know what I'm saying? You could just feel the confidence talking to both of those guys. So that's going to spread throughout that locker room. I don't know if it's going to take one year, two years, but those two guys not going nowhere for the next two years at least, right? Three years at least. So I think the more guys Urban get in there who his type of guys, I think they'd be just fine. And as far as uh Trevor Lawrence... Man, he's going to be a good one, man. He he tried to make all throws. His confidence is there. If if for the last two weeks, if some of his teammates would have made more plays for him, catching balls that hit you right in your hands, he would have three less interceptions and probably three or four more touchdown drives. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Lambeau missing field goals against Denver. He drove down, scored a touchdown, drove back down right after that, missed field goal. Drove down, drove down again right after that, missed field goal. So it's a team game. That's what makes football so good. It, it takes the whole team to, to get things rolling. But I think Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is in the right direction, man. He looked good to me. I 
you know, I, I thought coming out, Trevor would be the guy. Uh, I, that's not exactly breaking news. We watched the rest of them. Zach Wilson kind of came on the scene late, but I think some of these baseball arms that have become more popular now, like the Mahomes type, where it's like, I want to see you do all these crazy throws, terrible launch angles, right. you know, no platform. I always thought it was kind of funny when people evaluate quarterbacks throwing from like perfect form, and you're like, okay, that looks great on a magazine cover, but you normally you're not gonna you're not gonna be launching with these perfect mechanics and the left side of you tucked in perfectly and all this different stuff, but I like numbers. I'm not married to them all the time. But numbers tell you rookie quarterbacks that play, you know, the first-rounders that actually play. Over the last 10 years, the average output is about prime Andy Dalton, okay? Um, and I'm maybe not even peak Andy Dalton, because Andy Dalton did have a couple years there where he put up some nice numbers, but I don't know he that did. anybody was, like, scared of him, right? And, Keith, you speak to this better than I would, obviously. But Right, you're right. Yeah, yeah good, good numbers, not scared of you. Uh, big game, you know, I'm not, not real worried about it. But... Right now, if you look at QBR, the guys in the bottom three are Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. So to this point, it's taught us a couple things. Once again, don't have crazy expectations for rookie quarterbacks. Uh, None of them are ready, but they need to play because you can't get ready for this job by never going out there. Uh, The preseason stats don't mean shit again. I mean, how many headlines did you hear about Zach Wilson or Fields or all these guys running through people? Because nobody does it. Preseason's never been less important than it is now. So I I don't have a firm opinion on who's good or who's whatever. It's just that this is actually the way it normally goes and the way it's gone this first month has been bad across the board, which doesn't mean you can't have hope for Trevor Lawrence or any of the guys that we're talking about. Uh, The playbook... Uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, or at least the plays that were executed this past weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals, very underwhelming a lot, uh, very underwhelming for uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. If you look at the number of passes that went behind the line of scrimmage, uh, Ryan, is Big Ben done in Pittsburgh? Is that era over? Well, as far as being being somebody that's going to carry a football team, yeah. I mean, it started happening last year. Their defense yeah. was off the charts. They get this great start. You know, they lose one game, and I remember still having faith because I love their defensive personnel so much. Um, but they lost some depth there. Then T.J. Watt, you know, comes out of the game, and now you're like, all right. I think they lost Hayden for a stretch there too recently. And now people are looking at Roethlisberger being like, oh, no, this is over. It, this was happening last season. It, everything right. produ- production-wise is all after the catch with them. You know, he's, he's not a guy that's going to challenge you down the field at all anymore. And I give him credit. I mean, he's he's been incredible, but – Anybody that thinks you're scared of Roethlisberger isn't watching these games. Hell, when they beat Buffalo week one, which is a really nice win because Buffalo's going to win that division, even with the win, guys, I'm like, they're in trouble with Roethlisberger because it's even worse now and they don't have the defensive depth to support him the way they did last year. Keep what you got. On a, uh, keep, matter of fact, on a level of 1 to 10, 10 being the most trouble, how, where, where would you put them, 1 being the least? I know, you, I know your best bet last weekend – was yeah. on them, and obviously you, I, I probably you're probably not happy about how that went. Yeah, I thought you know I I'm, I'm I believe in Mike Tomlin, so every time things get sticky for the Steelers, it seemed like Mike T always rallied them troops and and had them guys ready to go. But I don't know, I don't know, Harrison. They 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 wasn't ready to go last week. They came out lethargic, man, and like you said, Big Ben never really got it going at all. So one to ten. Week four, at week four, I'll put them right, right above five. I'll give them like a six. I'm, I'm right at a six. We'll see how they come out and, and, and throw the ball around this week, man. Uh, see if they change the game plan a little, a little bit. You know, at least intermediate passes, man. Big Ben, you still could throw digs. 
you still could throw over the middle of the field. They kind of just throwing super short passes or taking a shot every once in a while, like nothing at all. So we'll see. We'll see this week. I, I'm, I'm at a six right now. The absence of T.J. Watt for them is also a factor as well when you look at that offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow got a lot more time than he's used to getting uh, behind there under center. Uh, wanted to move over to the AFC West. Obviously, we talk about the Broncos all the time in our Thursday show, and we'll do that again, uh, Akeem and myself. But also, obviously, in that AFC West, it's the Kansas City Chiefs at one and two. And it seems as if teams are being very aggressive against them. Uh, we saw Brandon Staley and the Chargers go ahead and get that win in Kansas City, go and get for it on uh, from, on fourth down. That touchdown pass to Mike Williams was not necessary, but led them to get the win. Uh, have the Chiefs created a monster when it comes to attacking them, Akib, in terms of teams being aggressive? Because we already know Patrick Mahomes gets the ball usually to end the game. Yeah. They're going to win. So we're going to kind of see that come back at them, it seems as if. Yeah, they definitely created that, man. You got – once you show what Patrick Mahomes could do, teams is no longer want to get him the ball back in late game situations, fourth quarter situations. You're going to try to do whatever you can to win the game yourself and not put it on your defense because that's just asking a lot. So they have created a monster, man. And then, you know, when people go to play the Chiefs, y'all y'all been at the top of the AFC for the last few years. When teams go to play you, you're going to get their A game. Y'all y'all not Super Bowl champions, but you might as well be. You know what I'm saying? Y'all – you won a chip, went to the chip, you still got that championship aura on you. So you go and get teams' best shot. And the Chargers always play the Chiefs in Kansas City good. So I wasn't super surprised with that. I teased that thing, Chargers plus 12. Easy money, Harrison. <laughs> Easy Ryan, money, baby. Ryan, uh, Aki's been hitting these teasers real real well recently. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. How would you, how would you operate as, as a betting person against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Ryan, as it comes to their – Playoff chances, chances to get the number one seed, just your overall impressions. I don't, Talib sees it clearer than I do, but I would just keep hammering the Chiefs because this is a fluky start <laughs> to the season. It just is. Uh, they're not going to turn it over four straight possessions as they did to end it against Baltimore and to start against the Chargers. Uh, Baltimore had to go up from fourth down there. I think everybody would have gone for it. I mean, it was cool to see Harbaugh say, hey, Lamar, hey, Lamar. It didn't matter what the hell. No quarterback ever says he wants to punt anyway. So we all right. we all knew it was going to happen. It was the right football play. Uh, they don't turn the ball over historically, uh, especially in September. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mahomes got two picks here uh, for the first time in his career in September. So I don't think that those turnovers are going to last. So I'm not worried about that part of it. But defensively, there's some real issues. We knew the defense was... It wasn't awful last year. It's awful right now. Uh, there's no question. You can make an argument. It's the worst defense in the NFL. And the crazy thing, too, is like you want to give up your yards between the 20s. Go ahead. But when you get in the red zone against him, you're scoring a touchdown every single time. It was the worst red zone team as far as touchdown percentage allowed in the NFL last year. And having said all that, they still went 14-1 and one in Mahomes starts. So it tells you you can be atrocious in that. Like giving up red zone TDs usually means you're not going to the playoffs, not going right. to the Super Bowl. And it shows that Mahomes can get you through all that stuff. So I still don't see why Mahomes is going to regress. The offensive line has to figure it out. It's still the youngest roster, I believe, by age in the league. I'd like a few more defensive guys there. But I think this one and two start is a little fluky. And I would, I would hope to get value on some of these lines. But I doubt Vegas is going to give up on the Chiefs in September. One team that people might be investing in, the Denver Broncos, Akeem's former team, at 3-0, have a, have a real tough four-game stretch here coming up. Uh, Ryan, are you buying the Denver Broncos? Obviously, that injury uh, that just happened to KJ Hamler, torn ACL, done for the season. Teddy Bridgewater losing another target. Akeem and I will talk about that on Thursday. 
but are you buying the Denver Broncos in general? Yeah, you know what, man? I've loved their defense now for so long, and it just doesn't stay healthy. I mean, Von Miller will be, without question, one of my favorite players I've ever seen play because peak Von Miller is just stupid. You know, Chubb has the injury where he's kind of getting something cleaned out, but he's going to come back. I still want to see those guys, like, next to each other for a full season. And if you think about their quarterback play, if they had just had average quarterback play with the defensive personnel they've had at any of the point over these years, I mean, Flacco was way worse than they thought he would be. They brought Sanchez in going back years, and they were like, that's not close. They thought they had something at Trevor Simeon. That didn't happen. Uh, They went to Case Keenum thinking, hey, if we can just get the Vikings Case Keenum with this defense, we're a playoff team. Then he wasn't even close. Drew Locke already lost his job to Bridgewater and so even if you're not the biggest Bridgewater fan you go hey at the, at his baseline is better than all the shit you just put up with for half a decade so yes again a huge if because this league is basically determined on who survives these these 18 weeks but if their defensive personnel is close to being healthy I I really like Denver and I have for a while I'm just I'm just happy they have something steady at quarterback and Bridgewater because he's a huge upgrade from what they've dealt with for a long time I love what Denver is doing right now. Uh, I think Teddy is playing his best football that he played maybe since those early Minnesota days when when we when he kind of had his breakout against us. You know what I'm saying? So I love what he's doing right now, man. That O-line is protecting them. They running the football good enough. They scoring in the red zone. And like you said, that defense is playing with so much confidence, man. They're getting turnovers now. Uh Chubb won't be out for the full season, even if he missed, like, the next six games or whatever, man. As long as you get Chubb back, and and long as, like, like Russ said, long as they stay healthy, that's the name of the game. I like Denver. I like Denver to go be able to compete with all the teams in their division, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. I like them to be able to compete with those guys easy because they already know. You know those teams. And you can match up against those teams good, so – I'm believing it, man. The Broncos, they on their way. I said what I said at the beginning of the year, 11 and 5. I still like it. I, I like them 11 and 5, 11 and 6, 12 and 12 and 5. I like it. Yeah, it should be a, a very interesting to see how it all plays out in that AFC where as you mentioned, the Raiders are 3 and 0, the Chargers 2 and 1, Chiefs 1 and 2, looking like the best division uh potentially in football, at least in the AFC potentially. And then in the NFC, you still have the NFC West big time matchup between the Cardinals and Rams this weekend. Uh, and speaking of the Rams, having beat Tom Brady at home, uh, the Patriots now, I mean, sorry, having beat Tom Brady in the Bucks. now Tom Brady with a loss going into New England against Bill Belichick. Uh, as we sit back and look at that matchup, uh, Ryan, or keep actually let me know first, you were in the locker room with Tom Brady. You were in the locker room with Bill Belichick. What's going through the minds of both of these personalities this week? What do you, how do you think they're processing what's going on in this big-time matchup on Sunday Night Football? I think they're both trying to keep it regular. They're trying to make it, you know, just the next week. It's our next game on the schedule. It's our next – it's the most important game on the schedule because it's the next game on the schedule, right? But I know the, I know both of those guys, man. I played with – played alongside, played against both of those guys. It's a little bit extra fuel to the fire this week, definitely, just because, you know, it's – this is your ex, you know what I'm saying? This is your ex. You want to win this game a little bit more than you wanted to win. I bet if you said, Tom, you only could get one win, L.A. or New England, which one would you take? He going to take New England for sure, you know what I'm saying? So it's a little it's a little extra, man, just because, you know, all the storylines and everything. So they both going to come out and try to get this one. They both going to put a little more time in to stopping one another. 
Yeah, he's not going to ever say anything disrespectful, even though he probably feels disrespected. I mean, New England's the only franchise, because of Belichick, they're the only NFL team that would have, after what he did for that organization, said, now nah, we're good. It's the only one. Every other one of them would have been like, you know what, here's your $60 million guaranteed, and even if we're going to regret this towards the end of the deal, um, you know, we're just going to do it because that's the way business is done. And that's why if you go back and look at all that stuff where Kraft like got Brady to basically say Kraft had nothing to do with it because Kraft didn't want to be walking around Boston thinking people got he was part of getting rid of Brady. But Belichick's the only guy that would have done it. Now, if you ask the Belichick side of it, he'd say, look, for the last two years in practice, Tom was slipping. He wasn't the same guy. And we made him an offer to bring him back for one year. Um, and he said, no. Right. And if I'm Brady and from what I've heard on the Brady side of it, it's like, hey, thanks for all those weapons. Thanks for all the terrible draft picks at receiver. And you made me an offer in August of the previous year and told me that was the same offer. And like, you don't have enough respect for me to sit back down at the table and say, hey, let's get another deal done. And when he approached him on it, apparently, story goes, they're like, hey, we already made you an offer. He's like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? Sorry if I'm swearing too much here, but they were like, no, 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 man. They were like, no, we made you an offer. He's like, wait, last year? All right, so, you know, hey, list the house. We're out of here. And Brady's gotten the ultimate revenge. But Brady... If you know anything about Brady, man, he would he would love to make this ugly. And considering the Pats are one and two and they came off a tough, tough game against the Saints, I, I think that place could get real rowdy and weird late if Brady really puts it on him. Not that that fan base would ever turn on Belichick, but the way Brady has played, uh, it proves that they moved on from him. Even if they thought he was declining, they moved on from him too soon, which is against science essentially at this point. The other thing that's good about this matchup it's they going directly against each other. You know what I'm saying? It's not like two quarterbacks who playing against each other, but you don't really play against each other. Nah, Bill is running the defense. Tom is running that offense. They going head up. It's a head up fade this week. It's going to be a good one. Ryan, you're from the region. How do fans, how, how do you predict fans are going to react in that, in that moment throughout the entirety of the game? Now, people were largely okay with it because – when Tom moved on because they, there was a real thought that he was declining. I mean, there were certain numbers there, you know, some of the red zone stuff. You're like, what's going on here again? You know, he's throwing the lacrosse players half the time, but, um, <laughs> I was waiting for Tlaib to pick that one up. Uh, <laughs> I almost spit on my Mac. <laughs> yeah. So look, man, I, there's, there's no, like, this isn't the people are going to turn on Belichick. You can't turn on this guy. He's, he's going to go down as the greatest coach in the history of this game. And there's still, but it's a, there's a, just a real annoyance to be like, hey, I thought this guy was done. He goes and wins a Super Bowl the first time, and he's coming in with a loaded roster and a bunch of questions on offense for, for New England. So I think it'll be a moment. I think it'll be a moment, but I don't think it'll be this like defining part of, of the Belichick story where things could turn for him you know I don't I don't think that that would happen or we wouldn't know in the moment unless things went bad after the fact so I can't wait I can't wait because if you really know Brady and I can I ask you keep this you played there I've I have I have friends that obviously played there as well being from the area and, and being lucky right. enough you know to get to know some guys over the years working in this and I'd be like how does it work with Brady do you just call him be like hey do you want to hang out and they were like no 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 no, no. Mm-hmm. They're like there's there's an approval process did you ever just hit up Brady and be like hey let's hang out never I never hung out with Tom ever ever outside the facility so I don't I never I hung out with Gronk Jules it's every weekend we used to get we all the way in Foxborough. 
So we used to meet at like somebody's house, get a party bus, boom, go to the city, everybody come back. Gronk, Spikes, Edelman, myself, Lyman, everybody, but never know. No, you guys, That's why you guys would hook up with my guy Jerry there in Boston and then the brothers. And I don't remember their names, but I'm sure we did. Yeah, 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 no. Because, I mean, look, I lived there all the time, and I, I, I knew kind of how it worked, but it was – you're so far out. People don't get it. Like, you're yeah. like, wait you're a minute, where do I live? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're like in the boondocks by yourself, really. And the Bill wants you there. Patriots. Yeah. yeah he, he wants you there. And all there's, all you have is a Dunkin' Donuts and a Bass Pro Shop. And he's like, 15 Good. Dunkin' Donuts. It's a Dunkin' Donut on every damn street corner, bro. But nah, never, never. To answer your question, never, never. I mean, if we had like a team function, maybe at. Mr. Kraft, he have a team function at his house right after training camp. Then Tom will be there. Everybody will vibe with Tom then. But not really, man. Not not really. I don't, I don't know. No, that's that's that A-list. Hey, that's that A-list, baby. Hey, I don't just be out like that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Ryan, before you go, do you have a favorite moment of watching Akeem when he was with the Patriots, or do you have the uh, distinct uh, time? Uh, thing that might have happened that kind of sticks out to you? You know, it's not a play. It's just this whole attitude, man. I mean, this, that position is hard enough. And I felt like there was all these corners that wanted all the linemen. And they just kept telling you every week how good they were. And I would watch Akeeb at his size turn and run and blanket people and bring – just bring the fucking hammer on guy. You know, like he was – he's everything I would ever want at the position and everything I would want in a teammate too because you backed it up. And you were a real dude. You know what I mean? There wasn't this like, hey, I'm going to say all this shit for three hours on Sunday and then I'm going to be a completely different guy the rest of the week. <laughs> and that's that. like there was a trust and they'd move them all over the place. You know, if it was a right. really good tight end, you know, mm -hmm. a would be ready to jam them in the slot, you know, and there's just there's just don't make corners the way they made you, man. So that's just a ton of appreciation for you as a player. It's not one singular moment. Ryan, I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, I Indeed, hope so. uh, that was nice. That was really nice of me. Unfortunately, keep unfortunately, keep couldn't spend too much time in there. He had some business to take care of. Well, they weren't uh, going to pay Denver. him. I mean, he knew oh. he knew the deal. It was like, nah. okay, wait a minute. <laughs> you don't go to New England to get paid. You go to New England to go somewhere else and get paid. You come play on this stage to create my bag, and then you go get it. So I already knew what time it was. There you go. There you go. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Ryan, appreciate your time here with us. Right here on Call to the Booth. Make sure you check out Ryan's show, the Ryan Rosillo Podcast, uh, on the Ringer Podcast Network. Ryan, appreciate your time one more time. Yeah, appreciate absolutely. you, Ryan. Yeah, anytime, yeah. brother. Come All check right. us out. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. What's going on, Pastor Tan here? And you're watching Call to the Booth. Once again, thank you to Ryan Rosillo. But before we get out of here, you know what we have to do. We got to go through the power rankings and the no-fly zone rankings. We're going to run through them real quick. Power rankings for this week, Rams at number one after beating the Bucks, who were at number one last week. Then the Cardinals, who Akeem has seen live and in person the last two weeks. Those Raiders at 3-0, also at number three in the power rankings. They were there last week. Broncos at 3-0, moving in at number four, Bucks at five. Um, looking ahead at the no-fly zone now, Broncos staying at number one. Panthers at number two, interesting considering the injury to J.C. Horn. Rams at three, Chargers at four, Browns at five. I want to circle back, though, uh, a team that did not make the cut a key, but I think you're going to be impressed with. Uh, we're looking at the shadow coverage here from Trayvon Diggs that he's been putting on. Uh, Mike mm -hmm. Evans, we saw he, we saw him do it in week one. Uh, we saw what he did on Monday Night Football. 
against Jalen Hurts getting that pick six. Your impressions of the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to power rankings and no-fly zone rankings, I imagine you have to be encouraged by what you see from them. Definitely encouraged, man. I love what Dallas is doing. Uh, they close, man. They right there. I, I say they was about number six. It was, you know, I got to get them undefeated teams in there. You know what I'm saying? I got to get them undefeated teams in there. Then I felt like the Bucks, they lost to the number one team. I ain't going to drop y'all all the way out, right? Cowboys right there. They right there. They they Their schedule is, you know, it's middle of the pack. But uh, no fly zone as well, man. I love what Trayvon is doing, man. He's shadowing number one guys. He got a pick. He on the board every game. Uh, I think that's three for him. Three picks so far this year. One to the crib. He 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 definitely he definitely elevating his play uh, in this second year. So I already knew it. You know I've been talking about Trayvon. I told him Trayvon Diggs is gonna be a lockdown corner. He got the speed. He got the size. He got the ball skills. He got the confidence. So look out for Trayvon Diggs, man. He's he's definitely one more week, man. That'll be on no fly zone for show next week. Trayvon Diggs in the mixture with Micah Parsons, who's shown that he could be a linebacker, defensive end. He's been he do rushing anything. the quarterback. Yeah, he's been putting he put pressure on Jalen Hurts Monday night football. He put pressure on Justin Hurts that game before in Los Angeles. Uh Cowboys are really taking upwards while that division looks down and down bad. Uh and yeah. this week he might just shadow DJ Moore. And obviously the Panthers will be without CMC and DJ Moore gets a a wealth of targets. So that's gonna be an interesting matchup for sure. But this week, when it comes to A plus matchups, we really can't focus on that one because there's only one matchup that at least I know a lot of people are gonna care about. That's the that is uh Tom Brady going to New England against Bill Belichick. We talked about it with Ryan Akeem. Take us into the mindset now of Bill Belichick. You said it's pretty much gonna be like a one-on-one type of thing. How do you prescribe a defense to stop Tom Brady? Assuming also as well that Antonio will be coming back from COVID. Well, I say Bill seen every game where Tom struggled, Bill seen it, right? He seen what made him struggle the most. And I say it's it's blitzing him, pressure in his face right down the middle, tight coverage on the outside. You got guys. I wish he would have had Gilmore. It would have made this situation even better, right? You had JC, JC on Godwin, put Gilmore on, on Evans. Man, you got Dev. You got guys who could cover. You got Mills. You got guys who can cover them tight ends. So you would have had the bodies if Gilmore would have been there. Right now, I don't know if you got the bodies to match up with these guys, but guaranteed. Bill going to put pressure in his face, tight coverage on the outside for sure. What's a, I don't think anybody expects the Patriots to win this game. I mean, maybe they do, uh, just because, considering the talent level of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But what would you consider a win for Bill Belichick when it comes specifically to the defense? Like, is a certain amount of points let up, a certain amount of yards? Like, what would be a, a, a turnover or two? Like, what would you consider a win if you just had to put this head-to-head Tom Brady versus a Bill Belichick defense, uh, shit, a win in the win in the win column definitely gonna play a part. If Bill lose the game, he gonna feel like he didn't stop him, right? But as far as stat-wise, man, just create some turnovers, fumbles, or interceptions. Just create some turnovers, get some sacks. Had two plus turnovers, three sacks. Don't let him get close to his average. If he's under his average of passing yards, keep him under that. Uh, get off the field on third down. So if Bill is able to do all that, he'll consider that a win. 
big time matchup there, Sunday night football. Last before we get out of here, real quick, keep want to give me a game pick? Rams, Cardinals. No line, no over Ooh. under, just who you like. Rams, obviously, you, you you know very well, and you've seen the Cardinals up close uh, these right. past two weeks. Who do you like? Where the game at? Game is in good L.A. Game in L.A. I got two big dogs like that. I'm going with the home field advantage, man. So I'm going to ride with the Rams to take it. Yeah, I got to ride Rams. with the Rams, man. I ain't betting against the Rams right now. Yeah, and, 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 you know, it's also hard to bet against Cooper Cup. He's going absolutely insane with Matthew Stafford there yeah, as is. his quarterback. We're going to talk about him, actually, on our Friday show as we talk about fantasy football. But that's it for today. Tomorrow we'll be back with third, as we talk about the Denver Broncos, their big-time matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. This is Cold to the Booth. That's the key to leave. I'm Harrison Sanford. Thanks to Ryan Rosillo. We'll see you next time.